Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Come, baby, come, 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 come. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Hey Matt. So this one was my topic. Yeah, this was this was all you. So here's a thing about me that won't shock anybody, but if I was to take all of the music in the history of the world and compile my list of my top ten favorite musical entities, so not bands, not musicians, individual, the whole yeah. kitten caboodle, Weird Al is in my top ten. By a very strong margin. I mean, I guess I, I can't even blame you because if you're taking Weird Al, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. You're getting a ton of bang for your buck, but also like Weird Al was such an early influence on my life. Yeah. And it was an influence that like never really stopped for really? me. Like I saw Amish Paradise on TV and was like, what is this? Yeah. And then I bought a VHS tape that was all of his music videos up until Bedrock Anthem. So it was yeah. everything from the 80s into 93. 
And okay. I watched that tape obsessively. I discovered UHF through that VHS tape. I bought UHF. I watched UHF all the time. Whenever a new album came out, I made it a point to pick it up on the first day and like listen to it. I like wrote reviews about his stuff. I became obsessed with so much Weird Al stuff. And what I learned from listening to a ton and ton and ton and ton of Weird Al music is that the parodies are funny right out the gate. Yeah. And then they kind of peter out. Yeah. The polkas are always kind of fun, but his original songs are actually really incredible. Like when he sits down and he's writing a style parody, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's why people can listen to dare to be stupid like a million times and it doesn't get old is because it's such a good version of a Devo song. Yeah. That like if you're a Devo fan, of course you're going to enjoy dare to be stupid or like my favorite of his originals, everything you know is wrong, which was his attempt at doing like a, they might be giants song. Yeah. It's so good. Like it matches the, they might be giants perfectly. But he has two Christmas classics yeah. that I listen to every year, one from 1986 and then one exactly a decade later with The Night Santa Went Crazy oh from 1996. <laughs> and every year I listen to both of these songs. They're on my Christmas playlist, my Christmas car playlist. These are yeah. things that I would play at like a party. One of them I might actually play at a party, but we'll get into it. So, Oh, my God. I <laughs> Dylan, you've never listened to either one of these songs prior no, no. to when I threw this My history there. with Weird Al, again, I am, I am a little bit younger. So my history of Weird Al actually starts with the 1998 Disney classic Safety Patrol. Oh, nice. Yes, he was in Safety Patrol. Yeah, he was at the end of Safety Patrol. I watched the premiere because it was advertised as Weird Al and Leslie Nielsen. Yep. And And I was like, my two Weird Al's in it for like, I think, three minutes at the end. Like they go to a Weird Al concert. I waited a long time for Weird Al to show up in Safety (laughs) Patrol. So that that was my first experience with Weird Al. And then I went through like a two, three year phase where I like absolutely loved him. Like I bought like the complete collection of his videos, but it was on DVD. Nice. No, I'm not that young. I do remember VHS <laughs> um, and I do still have VHS, but I waited till DVD. I didn't go through my weird out phase till the later years. I was actually terrified of UHF because of the alien claymation transformation it's very large margie in it yeah yeah yep uh large marge scarred me for life again that prevented me from i have still not watched it again to this day after this i think I, i'll be good i think i should watch i was gonna say it. i think if you watch it now you're gonna be like oh that was what scared like there's certain yeah. things that scar you as a kid when you watch them as an adult you're like yep totally see how it did it yep. and then like other ones where you're like really Really yeah. young Matt Kelly? That scared you so badly. <laughs> Again, I think you're on point when you say a lot of his direct parody songs do not have a lot of staying power. Like yeah. there's some of them. Some of them are better than others. Oh, like all about the Pentiums, I still will like rock the fuck out. Too. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, like White and Nerdy was good for like six months. And yeah. then I'm, I'm all good here. There is another parody song on there. Trapped at the drive-through, which is a yeah. parody of Trapped at the in the Closet by R. Kelly, which is absolutely incredible. That yes. should have been the better single. It was so good. But this was my first time hearing uh, Weird Al Christmas songs, and I think I've mentioned this in our Christmas song versus Christmas Carol episode. But novelty Christmas songs are my least 
favorite. Yeah, they don't do Christmas it. Song. Yeah. Like I I cannot stand Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. I hate that song with a passion. And I hate the animation even more. But I will well, we can get into that another day. Hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah, like like I, the the novel songs. But you like Dominic the Donkey. Right? I do love me some Dominic the Donkey. But I think my love for Dominic the Donkey more came into fruition after my sister was born. And it annoyed my sister, so I would sit there next okay, to her. Okay, that makes sense. That's where she was. Tw- like, I like my sister and I are twelve years apart. So, like, me at fifteen and my four year old sister is like, "Please stop!" And I'm like, "Ah, we snow, we snow next to her." Just driving her bonkers. I do love me some Dominic the Donkey, and I love crabs for Christmas. Listen to that a lot this year, actually. Good, because it's amazing. <laughs> but there are certain ones that irk me, and neither one of these irked me. But when you told me to listen to these songs, and the first one I listened to, I should have I should have gone with Christmas at Ground Zero first. <laughs> but I didn't. I went to the night Santa went crazy. A couple quick notes. As we dive into this, it is not a specific genre parody. No. Uh, usually his stuff is a genre parody. What this song does pull from very heavily is instrumentally, it's a lot of Soul Asylum, Black Gold, and Mama, I'm Coming Home by Ozzy yeah. Osbourne. It's very influenced in the composition of the song. But this is, you have to remember with this particular song that this is, we are at peak grunge era. Yeah, as he's recording this song, and this yeah. is Weird Al's interpretation of what a grunge band would write as a Christmas oh song. God, it's insane! It's absolutely <laughs> insane. And I'm not familiar with with that Soul Asylum song. I know three Soul Asylum songs: Misery, the song from the first Clerks movie, and uh, Runaway Train. Runaway Train, of course. Okay. So I put this on. The lyrics start, and I'm like. Oh no. Is this going where I think it's going? And I'm like, yup. It's going where I think it's going. And I think we found our first Christmas song you've made me listen to that 100% could not be made today. Oh, for sure. It is one of those songs that, like, the only way to say it is it's a pre Columbine Christmas yes. song. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. But at the same time, in the world that we live in now, if I would have heard it before, I think I would appreciate it more. Not to say, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm offended by this Christmas song. I'm not. But I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is this is this is pretty rough. And I think that's what I texted you. I was like, this song's pretty rough. Yeah. So the idea that that he had with the song was like taking the song Father Christmas by the Kinks. Yeah. And being like, yeah, but what if you push Father Christmas just just a little bit too far? Yeah. Like it, it builds into like you like you said, it starts off very sweet. Yep. The first couple lines. But it very quickly shows you what the song's actually about. Yep. Um, but the line that I have always loved is from his beard to his boots, he was covered in ammo. Yeah. Like a big, fat, drunk, disgruntled Yuletide Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just good, great rhyming <sighs> oh on that gosh. one. And again, because it's, it's, it is dark comedy. And it's my favorite type of comedy. Yeah. But it is, it basically, Santa Claus snaps and goes on a, a mass shooting at the North Pole. <laughs> yeah, he murders, he primarily murders 
The Reindeer. The Reindeer. He, okay. He takes down the Reindeer. I think what I like about this song, I'm not going to tell you which one yet, but one of these yeah. I prefer. But what I do like in this song, and it's something that Weird Al has had in almost all of his early records. He always has these songs. Other ones that I can think of is like, You Don't Love Me Anymore or The Good Old Days, where he just sings in such a sweet, soft, soothing, lullaby-esque way about the most horrific stuff. Yeah. So this is like in the same vein. This is almost like a parent to that song, but it's the, the third verse where it gets into what I think Weird Al is very good at when he does something this dark, which is that it still turns into like social commentary. We'll skip over the really violent, gross stuff for a second and jump right (laughs) to the third verse where he says, yes, Virginia. Now Santa's doing time in a federal prison for his infamous crime. Hey, little friend. Now, don't you cry? No more tears because he'll be out in good behavior in 700 more years. (laughs) Now Vixen's in therapy and Donner's still nervous and the elves all got jobs working for a postal service Mm -hmm. and they say Mrs. Claus, she's on the phone every night with her lawyer negotiating some movie rights. Yeah. And like that to me is what Weird Al is about at his core is like, this is a horrific song, but he has to get it in there that like at this date and time, this is around the exact same time that he did the song Headline News, which was a parody of mm-hmm by yep. Crash Test Dummies. Yeah. People take tragedies and they turn it into their own. Yeah, this and is like the like, fact that he worked that in there. I actually love this like, is Weird Al's version of Natural Born Killers. Yeah. If if it involved Santa, because I mean, if, that's basically like the plot line of that. Like we have this this tragedy, them going on a mass murder and. It is literally the talk of all media. Yeah. I haven't listened to the extra gory version in a really long time. Yeah. So I want to see what the added lyrics are in that. Oh, okay. So it's yes, Virginia. Now Santa Claus is dead. Some guy from the SWAT team put a hole through his head. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Little friend. Now his brains are on the floor. I guess they won't have the fat guy to kick around anymore, but now there's no more presents for the children's enjoyment and the elves all stand in line and file for unemployment. And then they say Mrs. Claus is on the phone every night with her lawyer negotiating the movie rights. But yes, I think like this one just caught me off guard because I'm I'm someone I'm a huge fan of like Nick Cave's murder ballads. Like I love stuff like that. But this caught me off guard because like I said, my experience with Weird Al is more like modern Weird Al where it's more. I think he was more clever back in the day and it's more, it's goofier now. Like it was goofy then, but it's kind of like you said, like it was, I would say he was, and this is coming from a diehard weird Al fan. He was edgier back in the day. Yeah. I think think the way, and I've said this before, weird Al in the eighties specifically would have fit in at like a CBGB's punk rock bar. Yeah. Like, Like, I think that there was something about, he had like an obnoxious way of singing and like you watch those videos of like him playing the accordion in like 1984 or whatever. And he's like doing like this wide split bending down. Like he's like wailing on a guitar. And I think yeah. that like the punk rock crowd would have eaten that shit up. Yeah. Because I think what he was doing was like this very like Ben Folds used to refer to his music as punk rock for wusses. And okay. I think that that's kind of what Weird Al was. Like it was like, this is, so strange and so in your face. And like, I think part of what I respect about the guy is like all things considered weird. Al Yankovic should have been a one hit wonder. He should have been a novelty that was like left in the eighties, 
but like by sheer present, like by sheer just nonstop output, he like paved yeah. a path for himself. And now he's like, like any comedian that you are a fan of is a Weird Al fan. Like yeah. it's like insane the influence that he's had for a guy that no one thought was going to like no one thought he was going to make it beyond like 95 or 85. You know what I mean? Like it was like, he'll put out a record or two, make a few bucks for this company and then he'll be gone. And so like, we should probably be getting a new weird out record. I mean, the last one he put out was 2014. He's slowed up a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, I also think you get to this certain point where it's like, when you're like the fucking Rolling Stones, do you need to put out new music or do you just hit the road with the old hits anymore? Like, and I know that he kind of got, upset not upset but like the digital world hurt weird al not in the way that like most musicians were hurt by weird al Mm -hmm. but it made it easy for anyone to do a parody and it makes it a lot harder for him to be like when he he said like if i'm going to do a parody i've got to think of it in a way that no one else has already thought about and gotten there yeah and it's like forced him to have to be way more creative with what he does yeah Um, i mean because the 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 amount of parody artists in the world right now is insane like it's no longer a a niche thing but i would love to hear a weird owl parody of wop oh for sure Um, and i (laughs) i mean wop came if wop came out on a monday there was 14 wop parodies by wednesday yeah yeah you're right you're (laughs) right you're right it's like that was like yes that was the cultural moment but then it's like okay well what's the angle that he can do to wop that like 2000 people haven't already gotten. That's to. true. I mean, he basically needs to kind of completely reinvent himself at this point because information moves so fast. Uh- Do you like to laugh, geek out on music and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to one hit thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. But let's, I know we we spent almost 20 on Santa Went Crazy. Let's talk about Christmas at Ground Zero, which is on... Uh, the lowest selling Weird Al album, uh, Polka Party. So I I wish I would have flipped these and I would have listened to Christmas at Ground Zero first because to me, after listening to The Night Santa Went Crazy, Christmas at Ground Zero is a lot less memorable. I think that that's fair. What I like about Christmas at Ground Zero is that you know, like we said, these are all like his style parodies pull from something, yeah. right? This is so 
clearly supposed to be a demented version of something on the Phil Spector Christmas album. Yeah. And I love it. I love that just that cheesy like bump, ba-da, bump, bump, mm-hmm. ba-da, bump, bump. And I've covered this song actually at really? Christmas time when I used to play shows acoustically. I learned it on the guitar and I would cover it because I just think that the the all of the lyrics of this song I think are hysterical. Yeah. It's literally just imagining Christmas during a post-apocalyptic crisis. Yeah, so. it's like that the dream sequence in Terminator 2. Yeah. But there's Christmas happening at the same time. <laughs> and it's been well received. I just was pulling up its wiki page and it says Julio Diaz of the Pasadena News Journal wrote that while grandmother got run over by a reindeer gets decades old every time you hear it, this one musical dose of sick holiday humor hasn't lost its novelty one bit. He also complimented the music video, calling it quite a bit of fun. Uh, And Joey Green in his book, Weird and Wonderful Christmas, named the track one of the weirdest Christmas songs of all time. A song, according to Weird Al Yankovic himself, is still a fan favorite. Um, And the music video is really fun. The music video is basically that they just spliced together a bunch of old propaganda videos from like the thirties and forties yeah, uh, mixed with like 50 sci-fi movie clips. Like weird Al only appears in the last like three seconds of the as video like a Christmas caroler as a Christmas caroler. <laughs> yeah. The rest is just a montage of like demented, scenes so here's the description as it's written on their wiki page the music video was made in the 80s at the peak of the cold war the music video was also weird al yankovic's directing debut the video is a montage of old film television and news footage including pre-presidential ronald reagan capped off with live action sequence of weird al and some carolers all wearing guest masks and sitting among the rubble that surrounds them he stated that the record label did not want to pay for the video to be made due to the association with a nuclear disaster during the holidays. So Yankovic instead funded the production for the video himself. And then obviously there was a lot of controversy when after September 11th, we referred to the World Trade Center as uh, Ground Zero. Yeah. So that's that was my thing is like I was nine during 9-11. Yeah. So my interpretation of Ground Zero is that. And I was like, what is... And then I listened to the song and of course I started picking up what was actually being talked about. So that was my only issue. Honestly, it's the most wholesome song about nuclear war <laughs> I've ever heard. For sure. And I absolutely love it. And I would gladly contact radio stations to get them to pull every playing of Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer and replace it with Christmas at Ground Zero. So I I just want to highlight a couple lyrics. I'm not going to do all the lyrics. I'm just scrolling through here. You might hear the reindeer on your rooftop and Jack Frost on your windowsill. But if someone's climbing down your chimney, you better load your gun and shoot to kill. (laughs) (laughs) You could totally listen to this right after listening to Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All. 100%. (laughs) But like the the rhyme and melody scheme to this song, I think, is so brilliant. Just like little things like you'll duck gang cover with my yuletide lover underneath the mistletoe like i would love to hear someone take this and do like the chipmunks over it because i think that it would fit in with like a chipmunk song there's no way that doesn't exist the amount someone of things, had to have gotten yeah there. someone had to have gotten there yeah i really do i re- like this song a lot let's ask the big question dylan which, which one do, which one did you prefer it's hard to say because the one i find more memorable is the night santa went crazy 
but the one that I could find myself listening to around Christmas time, like actually adding to my playlists is Christmas at ground zero. Okay. For me, it's Christmas at ground zero. Okay. I, All right. I, I, th- I think, I think that's where we, I thought that was where we were headed, yeah, but I didn't want to take the guess. Yeah. I love Christmas at ground zero. Like yeah. Christmas at ground zero. At one point I was going to do a list for Geekscape. I never finished it, but I was going to rank every weird owl original from worst to best. which is like 78 songs. Like it was a huge endeavor, but Christmas at ground zero made it to my top 10. Like I was like, I think that this song is so brilliant at what it does. Yeah. And, and I argued this during the geekscape live stream when we were doing a, I did a build your own Christmas party mixtape with uh, the guys from one hit thunder was that I would put this on a Christmas mixtape. I would 100% put Christmas at yeah. ground zero because it fits in so well that if people aren't paying attention to the lyrics, they would never know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I really liked Christmas at ground zero. I hate to like date us, but listening to the night Santa went crazy was kind of uncomfortable. It's, right it's now. not, it's not the best. And I think I sent you the text message a day before a tragedy happened. Yes. And so that, that that's, wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> so like I listened to it this afternoon and I believe we are one day removed from like a national tragedy. And yeah. I think in a couple like months I could listen to it and be like, get like get a chuckle out of it. But hearing it so close to that, I think I listened to it and then I texted you and I was like, Ooh, Oh, yeah. all right. I, but Christmas at Ground Zero, it's like I just said, it's like the most wholesome song about a nuclear war. It's it to nuclear war. And I'm sure that this is actually one of the movies that he pulled a clip from anyway. But yeah, it's like it's like reefer madness as a Christmas. Yeah. Carol. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. like it's so over the top that it's it's not even like remotely offensive in any way, shape or form. Yeah, it was very. I equate it to we're going to bring Boy Meets World back up. Do you remember do the it. episode of Boy Meets World when Corey goes back in time? Like he's shocked by the toaster yeah. and goes back in time. Of course. It is the equivalent to when he's in class. And I think it's Mr. Turner who's like, flash! And they all climb under their desks. And yeah. Corey's like, and you kiss your butt goodbye. Like it's the, <laughs> it is the song equivalent of that. Like it's, 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 it's so the South Park Duck and cover. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, but that's what I. I mean, I think that it's just, and I actually think like reading the the whole thing out loud that I was reading on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Again, it it gives more credit to what I was saying that like Weird Al was very punk rock for the eighties, right? Yeah. We're in the middle of a Cold War. Ronald Reagan is our president. Yep. And he's writing a song that's a Christmas carol about all of the panic of the sixties. Yeah. And is including footage of like a pre-presidential Ronald Ronald Reagan in his movies in the fifties and sixties. Like that's some punk rock shit right yeah, there. For <laughs> like, sure. For sure. I mean, I, I think it goes to show like that yes, there is like a a quote unquote punk genre of music, but that's not what being it's an punk ethos is. too. Yeah. There's a lot of people who kind of were the forefathers of the punk genre that aren't being very punk right now. Oh my god. In, in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So like it's it's not about the music you play, it's not about the clothes that you wear, it's about the attitude and the aesthetic and I think that it's I would say that we're a punk rock show in our own right. I would not say just, so, yeah. 
yeah. like because we don't give a fuck. No, no, I don't <laughs> like, give a shit what I'm we talking got, about. We got an R-rated all year round Christmas podcast. Like, who, I'm about it. Who is this for? Exactly. <laughs> it's, dude, it's for us. Like, like this is 100% for us. I'm so grateful when people like text me that they're listening. Like, don't get me wrong. I love like that people are listening to us. We're getting like like some decent play and it's yeah. it's very exciting to hear how much of an audience we have but when it comes down to it this is this is a show you and i would want to have on our phones yeah this is two guys that we got we used to get to see each other like three times a year at most and we get to meet weekly to discuss the things that we love and what i love about it is the fact that yeah we'll pick a topic that revolves around christmas but we never just stick to Christmas. No, it goes all over. And, and speaking of our fantastic listeners out there, we got yeah. two five-star reviews that I want to give a quick shout out oh, to. Yeah. Uh, one is my good buddy, Chris Fafalius, who kind of hates Christmas, but he did provide us with our theme song, which is awesome. And he said, you're not going to find dudes that like Christmas more than these dudes. Somehow they managed to make me care about Christmas all oh, year, oh. even though I don't like Christmas during Christmas time. Three big, thick, milky glasses of eggnog for this five-star pod. And then also a shout-out to Nightlight42, who said, Even when you're over the cold and the snow, Dylan and Matt will find a way to get you into this Christmas spirit. It's a holly jolly podcast to follow. That is some good stuff. Fills me with joy. And I want to hear more voices. (laughs) Matt, ask me if I cried. Because I cried. cried? Oh my gosh, I am crying. We want to hear more voices. Please sound off in the comments. Give us those five-star reviews. Rate, review, and subscribe. All that stuff helps the show get even more predominant on all the different social media apps and podcasting apps. And one last thing that I have to say. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Dylan. Hold on. (laughs) I think we've determined with this show... That Weird Al is more punk than Johnny fucking Rotten. Yes, he is, Merry baby. Christmas, Matt. <laughs> oh, whoa. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Nine Two One Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. 
Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.